0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the I Think It's a Classic Podcast. My name is Tannis Gale. Uh, Across the country from me is my co-host John Brummer. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing very good, very good. Um, I'm really excited to talk about today's album. But before we get to that, have uh, you been listening to anything new lately? It's been a while since we've recorded together, so rather than doing that on a mini episode let's talk about it now you've been listening to anything new uh there
1: has been some new stuff i can't remember what exactly that stuff was Uh, there's been a lot of singles and and i mean they weren't new per se either um One of the things I do need to correct is on our last episode when we were talking about our favorite albums of the year. Right. For some reason, and I think it was because it came out in January of 2019, I did not mention the fact that I, uh, one of my favorite albums of the year was an album called uh, It's by Scarface and Ghostface Killa. That album. Is awesome, and I feel like a big old stupid head for completely ignoring it. Scarface and, and it's not it's not It's it's face. So, I don't know why I can't spell Zarface.
0: So I'm glad you're sounding just as stupid as me right now, yeah. because last week when I was talking about the album that we're gonna talk about today, I made mention that it was 1971's. No, it's 1970s Stooges album. Funhouse.
1: Actually, I'm really confused about that because I thought we were doing a 2009's Funhouse by Pink. <laughs> and apparently, I must have listened to the wrong album. <laughs> anyway, that album's called Sarface Meets, meets Ghost.
0: Sarface Meets Ghostface. Yeah, I'm a big Ghostface Killer fan, so I'll have to check that out. I wasn't even aware. Of it is is Zarface the rapper Scarface?
1: No, okay. Zarface uh, seems to be, and as far as I can tell, don't quote me on this. There's two two dudes that I'd never heard of and Inspected Deck. Okay, and they do. I mean, the, 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 the music on this thing is just fucking killer. They, uh, it's very old school kind of beats. Okay. And um they have a character named Zarface that it sounds like a Muppet. It it's really weird. Not not like um not like Kermit or Fozzie, um, or even like you know, uh 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 what's the weird one with the long nose and the, the chicken obsession? Gonzo. Yes. Not like Gonzo, but it, it sounds kind of like uh the the one dude who's in the band, uh you know, the one who talks like this. He's like, hey, man, you know, hey, you know, like that. Okay. They, the the Sarface character sounds like that. Gotcha. And I love it. It is so good. But really, I mean, the, this thing, every time I listen to it and I just think about all the people that are losing their fucking minds over uh, what the fuck uh, uh little, uh, what's that one dude who did the, the, you're such a fucking hoe. I love it with Kanye West.
0: Oh, is that Little Pump?
1: Yeah, Little Pump. Everyone's listening to that shit. <laughs> and everyone's listening to uh... God, what else is there? Uh the the Trippy Reds of the World and all. And, and I'm just I I listen to this uh Face and Ghostface Killer album and I'm just like this this is this is music right here. This is fucking fantastic. The other shit is just, you know, kids yelling phrases over and over. Again. Yeah. But
0: Yeah, I feel you. It's kind of like back in the day when uh, we were listening to shit like Botch and then like shit like Drowning Pool was popular. Because I can claim, yeah, it, I missed the, I was, not a, I was not on that Drowning Pool train back there. So I can totally say that. <laughs> Unlike I can with Limp Bizkit. <laughs> but still, like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that why listen to something so shitty when you can get that same kind of aggressive feeling from something that's way better? Like, if you want to listen exactly. to hip-hop, you should listen to good hip-hop, not chanty bullshit. Ugh. Ugh.
1: Um <clears throat> A new album that I have been listening to that came out last month, right that I can't get enough of is uh, the Black Lips new one. Um, What is that? Sing in a World That's Falling Apart.
0: Yeah, I've only heard uh, the uh, lead single off that that they had the video for, and I really liked it. But for some reason, it was just one of those things that instantly dropped off my radar. I haven't been listening to too much like Garage Rocky stuff currently, so Hmm. I think maybe that's why I just haven't been in the mood for it. But um, yeah, I need to get on that shit. You like it? Oh, it, the album is so good. Yeah, I mean, I there was don't...
1: one day that I listened to it like four days or four times in a row. Hell yeah! That, that it, it's all happy. that that kind of it's it's a country album, but it's so good. Hell yeah! No, yeah.
0: well, I uh, I discovered a a, a new band. Um, I can't remember... Oh, you know, that, okay, now. Uh, I discovered them through <laughs> Anthony Fantano, the influencer he is. Um, he ended up putting up this video where it was like, Black MIDI makes Ed Sheerhan diss track. And I was just like, what is what is this? Like, it was just, I, I've never heard of Black MIDI. And uh, yeah, I guess they made this really jokey, like, Ed Sheerhan diss song. And they're not even a hip-hop act. So I was like, what the hell's going on here after hearing him describe it? And I went and looked up Black MIDI, and it is just this weird, like, oh God, how do I describe this? It's very, very post-rock a la Daughters, but a lot more frantic and uh, with a lot of more crazy jazz type of breaks, like a la Naked City. Um,
1: yeah, it's, I. Um, it's super I, I...
0: interesting. And their album, Schlagenheim, is one that I've been listening to a lot lately. And it's so, like, it's so seemingly unpalatable to the ear, but I can't get enough of it. Like, it's, oh, it's just, uh, it's just so much goddamn fun. And it's, yeah, it's really out there and just right up my alley. Like, there's points where it reminds me of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, or like I said, Daughters, but then there's. Points where it just straight up reminds me of that weird Mike Patton vocals only album that he put out like in uh, nineteen ninety nine or so. Like, oh,
1: I don't think I ever heard
0: that. Oh, don't bother. Um, it's <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't like it. Don't bother. I only listened to it once because I was a Mike Patton fanboy, and it was like, oh yeah, that's that's cool that you did that. I don't really want to do, go down this hole ever again. I don't think. Um, it made yeah. Fantomas sound like pop music. Huh yeah uh but yeah i've been really digging their album schlagenheim you were about to say you've heard of them i believe yes
1: i have not only heard of them but i've i'm in the band (gasps) oh wait are you are you black midi i am i am black midi only black midi i'm the only person in the band the other guys, they're just, you know, it's it's like a Millie Vanelli thing. I didn't have the look that they wanted, so they hired other guys to play the parts of me.
0: Yeah, they hired so... a bunch of awkward looking British dudes <laughs> and one very handsome no, drummer.
1: I've uh, I've got uh, I've got a couple of their songs. Um, they keep either popping up on the Sirius XM or in uh, various like, you know, put together um uh, playlists, you know, how like Spotify will do that for your Apple music. Right. And then I also have this habit of, as I'm driving around, if I hear something that I'm like, Oh, I like that I'll shazam it. And then that'll put it into a playlist for me on Apple music. So that that's how I hear a lot of stuff, new stuff uh, is I just, you know, I'll be walking around. And I'm like, Ooh, this sounds good. And I'll shazam it. And then I'll, you know, be reminded of it later
0: nice nice yeah I'm, I'm glad you've heard of them you should dig in a little more i I'm, I'm fucking into it and i would love to hear what you have to say about it um
1: i have to say lots of things
0: <laughs> like what motherfucker
1: <laughs> like stuff and other stuff
0: <laughs> well i have another thing to say have you ever heard of sharon van etten
1: i have she does 17 right
0: yeah that album that that song is on remind me tomorrow i have been digging that shit. yeah yes i really really enjoy her and i really enjoy yeah especially that song is just fantastic what do you think of that song
1: i it's okay i've heard it a billion times what i actually like better is have you heard of angel olsen no uh you should you should listen to angel Um, I keep I haven't done a deep dive on her newest album yet, but there is a couple of songs from it. She, uh, you've never heard "Shut Up, Kiss Me." Uh, yeah, I think that's what it's called. "Shut Up, Kiss Me."
0: You know, I don't, John. I any music I listen to, uh, is either in the background at work and usually classic rock, or I'm dictating specific things. So I don't really hear new music the way you do. So yeah, I don't. Ah,
1: I see.
0: Yeah, you you end up hearing a lot more than me, cause of, cause of your satellite radio and. I'm a I'm a Spotify guy. Because I'm a, I'm own a own fancy physically.
1: rich guy who owns a sa- uh, satellite radio. Yeah, and your new not fancy like you, <laughs> Not like you who just waits for your tape recorder to record the radio.
0: Oh, man, you're listening to Howard Stern, and I'm busy listening to local radio. This stinks. I'm so <laughs> jealous you get your Howard Stern. <laughs> Can't wait to! Oh, I love this. Howard Stern, Jerry Seinfeld, all these New York millionaires desperately trying to pretend like they're normal people. Still, oh man, gotta love that shit. <laughs> oh, geniuses! Um, uh, well, they are. Yeah, uh, Jerry Seinfeld.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, listen to God. What is that album called? Angel Olsen is something about like mirrors all the mirrors
0: all mirrors
1: all mirrors oh i've
0: seen this album cover around a whole bunch yeah okay. i'm
1: sure you have
0: yeah and yeah. the album cover hey, for my I'm woman
1: i'm I, I see album covers i i know things i still tape my songs off the radio shut up how <laughs> else am i gonna know when there's a
0: new fallout boy yeah What, am I supposed to just go down to Hot Topic and wait for the new shirt to come out and tell me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, shit. All right. Let's get to the album, John. Let's get into this. You want to talk about the album? Are you sure? Yes,
1: I am very sure. Let's get to 2010's Funhouse by Pink.
0: By Pink. All right. My favorite song on this one is, Hey, guys, I'm Pink. Here's a song by me. That song really comes out as a mission statement letting us know that Pink is the one who wrote this song and that it is also being sung by her. And I think that's something in music that's really important for an artist to do, man. man. Yeah, you know,
1: there's times when um you know, they they just they don't say enough about, you know, how they um how they they they, they you know, do stuff. Yeah, um, man. And and you know, like I, li- I definitely like the part where she's like so what i'm i'm still i'm still a rock star you yeah. know like yeah
0: and it's, you know the songs she, though right
1: she was like really she's really uh rebellious because she's like said so what
0: and So what, man
1: it's pretty crazy
0: you had a shit day i had a shit day
1: yeah you know <laughs>
0: actually i really like yeah. that song i think it's yeah. a fantastic pop song stupid you're stupid i'm fucking I'm awesome I blow me one last kiss rules fucking sue yeah. me
1: there's another song on there called please don't leave me that sounds like you right now being a little baby <laughs> you're like please don't leave me john i want to do the show with you
0: that was so beavis and butthead it just made me laugh what well, songs about you being a little baby <laughs> wow that that impression hasn't gotten any better since fifth grade holy shit!
1: Yeah, it's it wasn't bad okay. that was probably the best one i've ever heard because every other one was like hey 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 hey, hey i like tp <laughs> for my bunghole <laughs> I need to be
0: for, uh, there was a kid in whoa in my... that's fucking cool <laughs> like people there that made them cuss I... I'd be like no that's the thing they don't and you're doing yeah. it wrong
1: they don't drop I, I F-
0: bombs uh,
1: they're like eh, yeah we're gonna go get stoned <laughs> yeah and it's
0: like, we're gonna go stone, yeah. get stoned and fuck our girlfriends <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like, have you ever watched the show?
0: <laughs> then we're kind <gonna> of skateboard.
1: <laughs> there was a kid in my uh God, I don't even remember. It was it was uh some sort of design class, like computer or not computer design, but like uh, you know, you, you had the CAD program. Um uh, Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what
0: you're talking about. I can't Drafting remember what class that was.
1: Yeah um And there was drafting? this dude, something like that. There was this dude in that classroom that would never stop with the, I need TP from my bunghole. And then he'd put his shirt up over his head and he'd be like, and he'd put his hands up and he's like, I'm the great cornholio. And that ruined Beavis and Butthead for me pretty much for like the next decade.
0: Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, that, it.
1: it really was annoying. That guy <laughs> pissed me off.
0: Uh, i can imagine you know what doesn't piss me off though the stooges what? album funhouse it came out in july 7th in 1970 and was produced by Kingsmen keyboardist dan gallucci hold on a second don gallucci. i was damn it i told myself i wasn't gonna say dan gallucci because that guy's in the murder city devils and i still did it it's written right in front of me yeah. don and i still fucking did it what were you gonna say Hold I was gonna second.
1: say, even though you ruined my joke by doing your goddamn Dan Don whatever, um, that I heard from someone that this album came out in 1971, and I trust that person that this album came out in 1971. Here's Why some. wouldn't I trust this person, especially the person who I remember coming home being like, "Have you ever listened to Funhouse by the Stooges?" this album is so good you have to listen to it so why wouldn't i trust that person when they say that this album came out in 1971
0: <laughs> because i thought the, that the the third to last song on this album was called
1: 1971. ah i see out of my mind right. on
0: saturday night 1971 roll <laughs> right
1: that's how the lyrics go yes that's exactly how they go no other reason to think they did
0: (laughs) all right but (laughs) like i was trying to say before this album stooges funhouse came out july 7th 1970 and it was produced by kingsman keyboardist don galucci and uh it's important to note that this album was also recorded in a live setting take by take with the entire band set up like they play live and recorded into the studio and basically only uh, guitar solos were overdubbed and everything else was just, boom, straight to tape. And I think this album, uh, yeah, really makes the best of that and you can fucking feel it. Uh, John, how were you introduced to this album?
1: Well, there was a lot of talk about it on the uh, old Buddyhead website that we have mentioned a lot um they talked about it like it was the greatest album ever made yeah and i remember going well i should probably check this out and then i do remember you brought it home and uh we listened to it and i was kind of like meh i don't know but it's one of those things that was like it was like a a slow uh uh what, what what's the term for slow it? burn yeah, it's a, it was a slow burn, you know? It it, it just kind of crept up on me until one day I was like, oh my God, I fucking love this.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. For me, it was hooked right away because, yeah, we both basically listened to it for the first time on the same day because I went to Dave's Music and I found it in the used bin. Uh, funny little piece of trivia. I actually found out, uh, like many of the things that I liked that I picked up from Dave's used bin It was previously owned by Mr. Josh Renner. Oh, weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was funny. We had a
0: conversation about it once, and I started bringing up all the stuff. He's like, yeah, I sold that to Dave's. Yeah, I sold that to Dave's. Yeah, I sold that to Dave's. And I'm like, holy (laughs) shit, I bought those. (laughs) It's fantastic. It's a great recycling system.
1: probably could have taken out the middleman, and he probably could have made more money. Yeah.
0: You got to keep Dave's in business, though. I mean, that place was important for our town. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's that place doesn't exist anymore right
0: oh probably not he might have the south end location but i know the oak Harbor one was is gone been gone
1: yeah
0: but um yeah um uh, yeah i i picked up i remember it was one of those really good first listen memories for me i remember I, I had my little disc man with me and i just left the store and stepped outside and i popped it in like sweet i'm I can't wait to check this out. I've heard, yeah, from Buddyhead so many goddamn good things and I was hooked instantly. Like it just the the beginning riff of Down on the Street hit me with the drums and just I just ah. Yeah, I was I was hooked instantly. I was like, "Oh, this is the fucking gospel." Like and uh, and I and I all that flashed through my head was uh images of all the dance parties that would be had to this album that we did indeed have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's fantastic and uh let's get right into it and uh hear a little bit of the first track this is down on the streets Oh man, this song for me is just one of those perfect intro songs. Just sets this the mood song, right away.
1: I, uh, I was listening Patrick Carney has a, a show on I think it's Sirius XMU can't remember what it's called but he plays whatever the hell he feels like and there was one time that he was playing this song and he introduced it as one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever written. And I, I can't I can't deny that. I can't disagree with that. That is 100% correct. I mean, this thing is a stomper. If if the album was just the only good song on this album was this one, I'd be happy.
0: Right. It's it's yeah, it is it is perfect, I think. Like and it was so far ahead of its time. It's weird when you think back to 1970 cuz we are actually recording this on the 50th anniversary of black sabbath's um debut album Hmm. and it's crazy because funhouse on july 7th will be turning 50 so we're kind of talking about funhouse on its 50th anniversary huh i just realized that kind of by realizing those two things came out in the same year but yeah what a year for like two iconic albums just being light years ahead of their contemporaries and totally breaking barriers down with something so new sounding like oh, this is just so dirty and fuzzy and loud, and I can... Well,
1: and the other thing, too, is both of those were destroyed by the critics when they came out.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, this was so, uh... I don't think the first Stooges album was exactly beloved by critics, either. But this is... No. This is so much different than that album. Like, that album just sounds like a Rolling Stones album compared to to Funhouse, like... It's it's so fucking basic, and this is just oh this is just like sex put to record like it's just ah, I I goddamn love this album and this song and it's weird. and researching this, I discovered that this actually wasn't intended to be the first song on the album. Really? Yeah, yeah. the The next song, "Loose," was which um I know when we first saw the actual Stooges reunion thing live, um together by by just common circumstances because we were living pretty far apart at that point uh yeah they remember they opened with loose and the time after that they did as well and so i thought that was interesting learning that loose was supposed to be the first song on funhouse and the band didn't get the final say in that so but in their live shows they pretty much were like yep nope nope that's the opener that's what we open with (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: yeah um i loose loose sounds like it should be the opener of the album and in fact i think i thought it was for a long time
0: yeah it does have a very intro-y feeling but i don't know before you get loose you got to get down on the street and i just think that yeah that was the right decision putting down on the street first even though loose would be just fine as an intro song yeah Yeah, I don't know. There's something about setting it with Down on the Street, because Loose is just so wild right out of the gate, and Down on the Street kind of starts you off a little more chill, and then when that chorus hits, it's just like, oh, fuck, here we go. The mushrooms hit, (laughs) and I see a face in the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you ever heard the uh, Pig Destroyer cover of this song? No, I haven't. (laughs) It's pretty badass. It's on their uh, B-Sides and Covers album, uh, Painter of Dead Girls. Lovely album title. Uh but no, it's it's a really cool cover. Like yeah, like he actually kind of, you know, does cleanish vocals for the verses and then just goes full J.R. Hayes screaming mode for the chorus and it's just ballsy and heavy as hell and Yeah, I didn't realize how kind of metal this song was until I heard that version of it. And I was like, Holy shit, yeah. Good God. Huh way more of a shredder than a groover than I first realized.
1: Um, it's kind of funny because uh, I had brought up, uh, you know, how both uh, this album and, and the first Black Sabbath album were uh, destroyed by critics. Now, obviously that Black Sabbath album enjo- enjoyed a lot more success than this one did. And had it not been for Iggy Pop kind of moving on to have a somewhat successful solo career i don't i think this album probably would have been buried forever
0: uh, yeah i think i i think you're right it would have been one of those unsung gems where you know in, in 2008 exactly. somebody would have made a documentary about like did you know this is actually the first <laughs> kind out of
1: well even fun. even kind of even with him being somewhat successful as a solo artist there was still a lot of, I mean, this really didn't enjoy a resurgence in popularity until the 2000s.
0: Yeah. And do you think that in part of that is due to, um, the reemergence of Iggy pop as a mainstream guy due to the lust for life train spotting connection. And, uh, or do you think it's more part of the, the buddy head? Because I mean, this buddy head was like really before any social media besides MySpace or fucking live journal or whatever. Uh, and so influence was really hard to gauge you couldn't gauge it like you can now but I, I have a feeling that buddy had just parading the greatness of this album kind of awoken a want for it in a lot of people in our generation that were reading that website
1: yeah that that's and and i i think also the fact that it was you know uh lust for life was in train spotting and that song had a huge resurgence in popularity.
0: Yeah, he, um, he even re recorded a music video for it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which just really weird. Yeah, that's uh, it, well,
1: you know, it 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 worked out for him, so yeah. whatever. But uh the the funny thing is is uh when I <clears throat> when I brought that up, I was thinking back to I saw a video of albums that were hated when they uh came out versus now when they're revered. Um and in that video, they had a quote from Robert Christgau. And the the thing that's funny about Robert Christgau is I don't know if you've ever read any of his reviews. Is he a pretty old school guy? Yeah, he's I mean, he's an old guy. Yeah, I never was really um, into
0: reading older music reviews unless I was specifically researching an album for my own pleasure or he's something. He's gone like
1: into, that. I think the there, yeah. I I I don't think that he's uh he may still be going, I don't know, I'm not sure, but he's old. he's been reviewing for a long time. The best thing about him is that he is fucking insane that uh other podcasts that I listen to a lot that i I've talked about in the past uh, why I hate this album they have a thing called the Robert Criscow game where one of them one of the hosts reads a snippet of a review to the other person and then they have to guess what. What the uh, grade that Robert Criscow gave to the gave that album, and it's always completely fucking far off from the words he wrote to the grade he gave. And so when I saw that that um the little clip of the review that Robert Criscow gave this album, I was thinking, man, he must have really hated this album. Um, it uh. Do you want to give a guess as to what the grade he gave this album was? Uh, ninety-eight
0: uh, percent fresh,
1: rotten to He me. gave it an A minus. Oh, nice. Yeah, and and but you wouldn't have known that because the quote that they used was it. Well, I mean, the little uh, review that I'm seeing right now says, "Now I regret all the times I've used words like power and energy to describe rock and roll because this is what such rhetoric should have been saved for." Shall I compare it to an atom bomb, a wreckers ball, a hydroelectric plant? Language wasn't designed for the job. Yet, despite its sonic impact, I find that the primary appeal of the music isn't physical. I have to be in a certain mood of desperate abandon before it reaches my body. It always interests me intellectually, though, with its repetitiveness beyond the call of beyond the call of incompetence and its solitary new thing saxophone. This is genuinely avant-garde rock. The proof is the old avant-garde fallacy of LA blues, trying to make art about chaos by rep- reproducing same. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. From <laughs> that. like, it's a bunch of big words, and then he's like a minus. But whatever the 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 quote that it's like was it's on like he video, just found
0: like as many words po- as possible to use. I don't know. It's a bunch of bullshit, but it's fun.
1: Well the, the the quote that was on that video was kind of like uh ah, this is this is a big turd. So maybe he re-reviewed it and changed his mind after everyone was praising it because that seems to happen too. But uh yeah. So I was a little shocked that he wrote, you know, that it has it holds an A minus in his official um uh consumer guide or whatever.
0: Huh. Weird. Well, uh, do you anyway, have anything else to say about down on the street?
1: Nope, except for uh, I'm going to go down on the street and quit this podcast right now. See you later, fucko.
0: (laughs) He's never going to get his thumbs back acting like this. All right. (laughs) Let's uh, go to the next song and hear a little bit of Loose. Um, John, I th- I think this song is about fucking.
1: I know if that's the case, because in 1971, when this album came out, <laughs> you, they did not believe in fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't exist. It, it fucking didn't become a thing until um, Madonna in 1991
0: and her song oops i didn't know we couldn't talk about fucking." yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was thinking erotica you love dunch. is a mystery i fucking this statue you
1: Sorry. know i remember when i was it was like, <laughs> like God, it, middle it. school or something like that i had heard about the uh the, the video for erotica and how they wouldn't show it on mtv because it was so graphic. It was so extremely disturbingly graphic, and uh, there was a video store in Oak, uh, Oak Harbor that that rented that had that video. Yeah. Um, and I went down was it, there. Was I walked it top down of the hill there. or whatever. No, no, this was uh. It was the one was on the Midway one was... next
0: to the book rack? Isn't that top of the hill? No, because they had no, all the, the cool shit. That right? was
1: that was top of hill. Yeah, yeah. that was top of the hill. No, this was uh one that was done by Safeway in that little in between Rite Aid and, and Safeway.
0: Oh yeah. This was
1: the long time. That one I think was one of the first video stores in town in that town. I
0: remember. Yeah. I remember I saw a laser disc there for the first time and it was of Empire Strikes Back. And I just remember huh. holding up the case and being like,
1: whoa so i had uh talked my mom into not letting you know uh, to lifting all the restrictions that you know usually were placed upon kids my age to uh, renting movies so i was able to go in there and i i mean i rented a bunch of like, uh and, and also what what was the one that was by the subway
0: yeah i don't know man
1: uh I keep wanting to call it family video, but that's a Midwestern chain of movie, movie stores that still exist, oddly enough. (laughs) Um, I mean, they closed down a shitload recently, but there's one still left in this town. It's weird. (laughs) Anyway, um, I went in there. I rented this video because, oh, that, that was the other thing from that other store that was by Subway. I'd go in there and rent all those, like, 70s sexploitation movies while my parents were home uh, at work, and I was home alone on, on uh, summer days.
0: <laughs> You're like, ooh, Witchboard um, 1 and 2. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Scorned with Shannon Tweed. I will take that one. And the <laughs> the guys renting me these movies had to have been like, how the fuck is this kid getting away with this
0: shit? <laughs> <laughs> Just clean off the case before you bring it back. <laughs>
1: anyway i i I had rented that erotica uh video and i took it home and i was thinking man this thing is gonna be dirty i watched it and i was like what the fuck was that like that was there was nothing in there that couldn't be shown on mtv
0: yeah like a bunch (laughs) of people in like leather jumpsuits and oh she has a whip that's scary
1: yeah it was I mean, I thought it was going to be, like, like extreme, you know? Like, that's the way that they put it. And then I got done watching, and I was like, ah, well, that was a waste of walking downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that again? Shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how did you get off on this tangent again? We were talking about the song Loose.
1: I don't know. 1971 and fucking, and how it didn't happen until Madonna. Ah, the yes. Okay, great. <laughs> anyway
0: anyway so loose. loose
1: fucking rad song yeah this, on to the next one
0: it's the soundtrack to fun that's what i wrote about it
1: it's the soundtrack i to do fun, remember John. i do remember being at um yeah the the bumper shoot in 2005 yeah. and we had just gotten our faces melted off by mud honey and we were all like I I mean, this is my experience mostly because I think I was there by myself. No, I was there with Mike and Katie, and we were standing there, and we just got our faces melted by mud, honey. And uh, the anticipation started growing and growing and growing, and the lights go down, and then they, you know, we see shadows get on the stage, and then the beginning of the this beginning riff starts playing, and and um, the drums start kicking in, and then you know iggy just runs up shirtless in his jeans yeah i remember that he's just microphone. he's just
0: hopping the fuck out like running and hopping and it was just like holy shit there he oh, is it... the king of the real king of rock and roll
1: <laughs> yeah it was i mean it was a moment that i i just didn't think that i would ever experience and there we were experiencing it and as soon as he went you will yeah it, like the the whole audience exploded and it was just this mishmash of you know i don't know it was it was just it was a great performance what i remember about that
0: show specifically is i had never and i still have never been and granted i was maybe on magic mushrooms at the time but i (laughs) those didn't kick until halfway through the set so i remember still at the beginning of the set um very clearly just looking around at how wild it was and everybody's crowded together and trying to dance and everybody's getting pushed around and they're getting sweated on and, but everybody was smiling. Like they were in the best moment of their entire life. Like everybody was just so, it was crazy. I've never seen a crowd like that where I looked around and I was like, everybody is so fucking happy to be, squished together with everybody else like
1: (laughs) yeah it was it was uh quite the experience and i i mean i remember thinking oh i i can stand up front this isn't gonna be that wild you know these guys are old and you know this album's been out for a billion years um no it was it was like it was like uh if we were, it, when I went and saw a flag, or you know, if you, you know, when I'd go see No Effects, all those times, you know, that it was, it was as wild as that, if not wilder.
0: Right. It was. Oh, what a show! I, that was, yeah, one of the best shows I've ever been to in my life. Uh, second yeah, only great. to the next time where I saw the Stooges and I got on stage during No Fun and Iggy put his arm around me and put the mic to my mouth, so I got to say No Fun all sassy like and that was the best thing ever and then he pushed me away all sassy when i was done with my line and i fell to my knees in disbelief and that was the fucking best moment of my life and it it will be the best moment sorry if a kid of mine ever gets born you're you're no iggy pop just remember that you may be my child but you're no iggy Pop, and you never will be okay
1: did you fall to your knees all sassy like too
0: yeah i fell to my knees all sassy like
1: yeah, and then you went to your car all sassy, and then you drove home all
0: sassy, and you went to bed all sassy. Yeah, and then I had a dream all sassy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You have anything else to say about Loose? This is,
1: I don't know. I, I it's the first four songs on this album. I mean, even
0: for me, it's the I, first I... six songs on the album. Really. <laughs> You know the first six songs on this
1: album are pretty. um
0: You know the not LA blues on this album really flows together.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like it, it's hard for me to 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 point out a favorite because I, every time I'm like, no, down on the streets the best rock and roll song, and then I'm like, no, loose is pretty fucking awesome. And then I was like, well, TVI fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, and
0: then TVI and... comes on. Let's hear a little bit of that before we get talking to it, huh? Yeah, dude, I totally feel what you're saying. Like, Down on the Street starts, and it's like, oh, this is the greatest rock and roll song ever written. Then then Loose happens, and you're like, oh, no, I think this might be. And then TV guy comes out and whips Ewan McGregor's dick in front of your face and says, this is the best rock and roll song ever written. Did you say TV guy? No, I didn't say TV guy.
1: (laughs) I think you did. I think you're like... (laughs) she's got a TV on hold on hold on hold on, on, hold on. let me hold me. on hold on
0: let's uh hold on real quick i'll re let me rewind real quick yeah and he's a tv guy oh shit i did Damn it. <laughs> she's
1: got a tv guy on me or what was it tv guide
0: tv guide on me
1: yeah, like, she, she threw a TV guy at me and said, "Find
0: some show. She don't care when I watch my shows. <laughs> oh, damn. Hey, Weird weirdo!
1: Weird out. She don't care. We
0: know we're 50 years late on this, but we got a killer parody. Yes. <laughs> we, we should write this right now. <laughs> oh, holy shit. No, uh, for you listeners, that comment earlier about Ewan McGregor's dick being whipped out that is this song, and Ewan McGregor's dick will ever be like linked together because uh, in the movie Velvet Goldmine, Ewan McGregor plays a basically an Iggy Pop analog, like you know. And uh, your intro to this character is his band uh, playing TVI, and uh, they're getting booed off stage and in. You know, in the total Iggy Pop-ish attitude, Ewan McGregor's character, Kurt Wilde, decides, oh, the audience doesn't like me. Let me just whip out my dick and jump around. So, if you ever want to see Ewan McGregor's floppy package? Velvet Goldmine <laughs> is the movie for you. Or there's, you that, know, deleted, there's that deleted scene in Attack of the Clones, but you, you, it's a special menu on the DVD you got to find. It's US. <laughs> awesome.
1: I don't think I've ever seen Velvet Goldmine from start to finish. It's always been it was always me coming home and one of you assholes were watching it. Or both and, of us. Or both of you guys together and cuddling. Um, and then I'd be like oh, making
0: making wishes you... all over each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're like, watching Philip Goldman. I'm like, huh. Yeah, I'm not I'm I'm gonna go do something else. There there was a lot of situations like that where I'd come in the living room and you guys would be doing something that you guys enjoyed. And I'd be like, well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, Jim Carrey and one of my favorite lines in dumb and dumber <laughs> big gulps, huh? <laughs> see you later.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, I remember one time when I was way younger, I was God, like 19. Yeah. I was 19. And I worked with a, a few black dudes and I always felt like really out of place because they'd have like friends that would come over and hang out and like, you know, I'd smoke weed with these guys and stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, we weren't like buddies, but I was always trying to be like, hey, I'm cool, too. You know, I'm I'm one of those cool <laughs> little white kids. See? And yeah. And I remember it, it, I felt like Jim Carrey in that scene, except for uh, I was totally self-aware of what had just happened. Because I I came up to them, and I, like, they were all standing in, in like, a circle, and I just, like, came up and kind of, like, stood in the middle of the circle, kind of, and went, like, looked around and went, wow, now I know how you guys feel at the mall. And, uh, (laughs) nobody laughed, and I just went, well, back to the desk, and I just backed out and went back to my desk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And then, uh, yeah, it was that moment I learned, okay, Tannis, no more jokes like that, you're not... No, you're not no.
1: <laughs> no. um the the best part about this is is after you said t v guy, I realized <laughs> you're
0: never that... gonna let me I don't think I said no, it. No, I no, hope no, to God no. that for real on the recording, it just <laughs> i clearly say t v i and you just sound like a fucking idiot bringing this up. I hope so bad
1: oh uh, <laughs> no i i think you were you were you were you know, you were thinking about a guy and then you said TV guy. But the, the best thing is, is I can hear my TV in the other room and family guy is on. So maybe you were thinking of family guy when you said TV guy.
0: Well, that's true. <laughs> You're like, I could have, yeah, you saw through it all. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about Stewie.
1: You know, my favorite song, TV guy off that album, Foon House. By the Stooges that came out in 1971,
0: and then it's like, hey, remember that one time we were listening to the Stooges Funhouse, and then all of a sudden Peter just falls over as they're listening to it, and then <laughs> yeah. like Gary Coleman comes out and says, "What you talking about, Willis?" And then that was the joke.
1: Exactly, and uh, yeah. Wait. Anyway, before
0: before I before I seem like a total hack here, I, I am totally aware that the Gary Coleman thing was a reference to the South Park making, you know, fun of them for just coming up with random pieces of jokes and putting them together. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure that I wasn't trying to... Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. In these these post-Carlos Mencia days, the last thing I would want to do is to be seen as a Mencia.
1: Do you have anything else to say about TVI?
0: I don't. I do not. Uh, Let's move on. Did we even
1: say anything about TVI? Yeah, we talked about Ewan
0: McGregor's dick, remember?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and TV guy.
0: No, it's just a fantastic rock and roll song. We already said it's like a better rock and roll song than the other two, and that every time we listen to the other two, we then think that one's the best rock and roll song ever. (laughs) So I think they're all tied for third, like, first place here. Well, actually, for (laughs) me. (laughs) They're all tied for third. Well... I, I was yeah, I was about to say first, but I was like that's not that's not true. It's it is more third place for me. We'll I guess. That. Well, cause yeah. the next song, Dirt, is my favorite Stooges song of all time. So let's hear a little bit of that. Yeah, man, this is my favorite Stooges song of any era of this band, whether it be just the Stooges or uh the James Williamson Iggy and the Stooges. Uh but I just think everything in this song is perfect. Um, yeah, it's just sleazy and sexy and like I've I've just never wanted to have sex with a bass line before this song. You know, well, there was that post- one Primus song. I kinda wanted to fuck that one, but
1: <laughs> This was my favorite song. By the Stooges until the Weirdness came out.
0: Oh yeah, now you're an ATM yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, all all the all the songs on the Weirdness are are my favorite songs of all time. Though. <laughs> Good
0: God, it's so bad, folks! Don't ever listen to the Weirdness.
1: Yeah, it's 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 uh, I the the, I can't, like how what is the best way to put this? Like you know how um when zoolander came out and then like there was a lot of years without a zoolander sequel and then they started talking about the zoolander 2 and you got all excited about that and then like you didn't even watch zoolander 2 but everyone told you it was a big pile of crap that's kind of how it was with uh the weirdness
0: yeah for an album named the weirdness it couldn't have been any more normal and straightforward
1: yeah, it was... Uh, I, I think I listened to maybe three songs off of it, and I went, ah, this is not good, and that, I'm bored.
0: That, that shitty Sum 41 song from Iggy Pop's Skull Ring album was better than anything on the weirdness. Hot take, yeah. I know, folks. <laughs> Come at me.
1: That is a hot take.
0: But, yeah, yeah, I just love this song, Dirt is Awesome, and it was one of those songs live that was just... Man, I... You know, I just for a straight dude, I'd never pictured myself being so attracted to a senior citizen. Man. <laughs> but Iggy Pop singing this song. Ugh. Good God. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Good golly, Miss Molly.
0: Yeah. It's like it's like when he I don't know, it's just one of those things where he's singing the song and you just want to look over to your friend and point at Iggy Pop and say, That dude fucks. <laughs>
1: i love this guy this dude fucks
0: this dude fucks (laughs)
1: Um,
0: well um yeah i don't have much to say about dirt except for that it's my favorite stooges song remarkably little to say about a song that i like so much but hey sometimes rock and roll is simple i
1: I will have to say that that part in the middle when it just kind of explodes and and it there's a lot of screaming and yeah, that is probably one of the finest moments in rock and roll.
0: Oh yeah. And the bass, the bassist uh, Dave Alexander really gets time to shine. there, just kind of going off and doing his own thing during the guitar solo as well. Like, you know, it, it could have very well fell into him just doing the same bass line pretty much during that guitar solo, but he just kind of does his own little bass solo and then gets, ah, he's just, hey, th- this song is all the bass line for me. Like, because there isn't too much guitar in it. But, um... yeah,
1: I mean, that is one sexy bass line. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. Rest in I, peace, I, I didn't Alexander. like anything else in the song but that bass line. But the bass line makes it so, you know, the bass line. I like the bass line.
0: <laughs> what about the uh, borderline? And do you keep on getting stuck on it? all right <laughs> do you push, just want to
1: call this the, you is this my the all, madonna, <laughs> all the time show like what the fuck is going on we've never talked about madonna before and literally tonight it's only madonna hey <laughs> hmm. did you want to do funhouse as a a uh a cover for the fact that you really wanted to do all madonna songs
0: oops i didn't know we couldn't talk about madge <laughs>
1: you know this is a subject that's really it, it it's it, it
0: really triggers me okay hey man it's human nature all right all right let's move on yeah we gotta to get the- done with this podcast quicker than a ray of light so let's keep going here <laughs> and uh let's hear some of the next song john you want to tell us what this song's called <laughs> Is it called um Like a Virgin. God damn it, Woo! no. Of course it's the classic Stooges song 1971. It's it's what? <laughs> I said it's the classic Stooges song 1971. Yeah, you keep cutting out. <laughs> oh no, that's not good.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the, the classic Stooges
0: song 1971.
1: Oh, 1971. 19. I was I was looking at my thing wrong. I forgot we had just gotten done with Dirt and I was thinking it was the song after that. Oh. After nope. 1971.
0: It's not. Let's hear a little bit of 1971. 1 <laughs> I guarantee this song could turn me into a full-blown alcoholic if this were to play every time I left the house. Yeah? Yeah, I would just be like, oh, where's the party? Huh? Where? Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going there and I'm getting loaded first because that's what we do.
1: I'm
0: out of my mind on Saturday night. Tennis, it's Wednesday. I don't care! <laughs> um, every day in the funhouse is Saturday. You
1: know, the I... I... I remember at one point I was, I was listening to this and, uh, I, I was at work and I did know who, I, I did know who radio Birdman was and I did listen to them and, um, I had my headphones on and for some reason when, you know, he said, uh, out of my mind on Saturday night, um, radio, uh, it was burning up above yeah. and, I was like, Radio Birdman, that doesn't... Whoa, maybe that's where the band got their name from. And it turns out that it's true, but that's not what they say. (laughs) And so I was glad that I wasn't the only one that thought that it was Radio Birdman.
0: Jesus Christ, really? Radio Birdman, up above. Yeah,
1: you didn't know that?
0: That's That's not what he's saying. I know, I know.
1: He's saying "Radio Burning,"
0: yeah. And I'm just laughing that anybody thought it was Radio Birdman. I mean, I know he has like nonsensical lyrics sometimes, but Jesus Christ! (laughs) That that I
1: wasn't. I mean, there's a fucking band called that, Tanis. You can't give me the shit. Hey, man, I'm
0: I'm fucking rolling my eyes at them too. Don't feel singled out.
1: You know, uh, what have you done? What have you done, huh? What have you done that makes you so high and mighty that you can roll your eyes at me and the guys in Radio well, Birdman? Well, me and my
0: band Radio Burning do a killer Stooges cover, where we don't fuck yeah. up any of the lyrics. <laughs> they also they
1: do they did do a they did a cover of 1970, and I can't remember if they do they say Radio Birdman. Remember. It, it it would be great <laughs> now, if they
0: did. Now I want them to.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. But this you know, I said earlier that um Loose was the soundtrack to fun. No, 1970 is the soundtrack to fun. This song fucking rules. I really enjoy this. Yeah, song.
1: I think God, I can't remember if it went crazier for this song. Or I mean the, the one thing that I really remember about seeing them live was when they did, I want to be your dog. And everyone was like, cli- you know, climbing over shoulders to get up on the stage. Cause, and I was like, I'm not even about that life. Like I'm, I'm fine getting crushed to death right now. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I remember looking around and, and as Iggy singing, you know, I want to be your dog. It, it was kind of like uh, the way that, that my dad, when um, he described uh, self-esteem by the offspring, when it came out, He said something along the lines of, I can imagine a crowd of, you know, a bunch of like early or late teens boys screaming these words back and screaming it with everything that they got. Like, you know, it's like their lives depended on it. That was kind of how I felt watching everyone scream back. You know, now I want to be your dog. Like we were we were literally praying to the altar. That was Iggy. And we were all submitting and saying. Yes, we want to be your dog, too.
0: <laughs> and then, because they so, don't have that many songs with that lineup, remember at that show, he we went, uh, double dog, and then they played it again at one point. <laughs> that was the only point where I was like, yeah, okay, I guess.
1: <laughs> double dog. How about double dirt?
0: This time you pull your dick out. <laughs> Uh, we know you love
1: Septuagenarian dudes, all right? We get it. We understand.
0: Hey, man. Lemon party, baby, all day.
1: Because <laughs> there ain't no party like a Lemon party, because a Lemon party don't stop.
0: <laughs> Technically, they barely start. <laughs> Need some Viagra, and then. All right. Are <laughs> you have anything else to say about 1971? Uh, nope. All right. Let's move on to the title track and hear a little bit of Bong House. Hey, John.
1: Yo. Let me in
0: yeah yeah let me in this fun house let me in this fun house i love i love this song in its placement on the album because it almost feels like 1970 should be the last song because it's such a blazer but this song just it it, funhouse being right where it is it kind of hits with the era of like just when you thought the party might be over like yeah and fucking uh is it steve mckay on saxophone i
1: think so yeah because adam yes. McKay's
0: the director of will ferrell films yeah so uh, <laughs> steve mckay's uh saxophone is just it slays and it definitely doesn't hit that um cheesy snl intro kind of sound that usually most saxophone makes me think of it it it's so loose to uh make a reference to an earlier song it's so fucking loose and Just sexy, and it's just rocking right there with the guitar. And ah, goddamn, like it's well, the song just nails it.
1: One of the things that I do like is you know, even though the songs or this album is only seven songs long, um, even and even though we don't have any saxophone in the first four songs, um, I like how it appears at the end of 1970 and then just kind of stays with the rest of the album as if like it's it. I like the fact that it didn't just come in for a little bit and then go out. There's some bands that can introduce new instruments out of nowhere and then you never hear them again, but I don't think that it would, it would stick out too much with the stooges. So I do like the fact that they continued with it and it works to great effect in Funhouse, the song, um, and it helps it stomp along and 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 really make it a even though this is like the longest song on the album, um, that's an, that's
0: actually a song.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, sometimes I don't listen to this one all the way through just because it is almost eight minutes. Um, but uh, it 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 added it added a lot.
0: Yeah, I always listen to this song. Like, I mean, the the outro does go on a little bit, so maybe that's when I change it, but. I never cut this bad boy short while well, it's ripping. It's just so fucking good. It's all you know, fucking Tannis, good.
1: we get it. You're better than me. I am. Like you know, you're you're more personable. People like you. You know, you don't wear your underwear on your head. I get it. You're better than me. <laughs>
0: um I I, I I am, but also uh I don't know. I think one of the best Iggy moments ever on record is the uh towards the end of the the, the last burst. When he's like, every little baby knows just what I'm mine. Like, ah, uh, That yeah. shit makes me just want to rip my pants off and throw them away because I'll never need them again. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm either going to be fucking or shitting my pants because I'm just going to be so yeah, blown you know, away I by think... the rock and roll that's infested my body.
1: I think we should start a campaign to, to get uh, you out on a date with Iggy
0: that'd be great yeah <laughs> we all know that you love old old men yeah there's also the part where he was right at the, me and my girlfriend at the time were right up front and uh he um came right up to the railing you know in the in the security in between pit area mm-hmm. he came right up to the railing and he like stood up on a part of it and went to go brace himself and missed his hand and almost fell forward but then uh my girlfriend at the time bonnie caught his hand and just like held him there. <laughs> and during that oh, wow. time i was able to uh run my hand down the man's chest because i had to touch that leather you know what i mean <laughs> and so yeah i mean i'm not yeah you talk about setting me up with a date and i'm getting all nervous and excited like can john really make this happen yeah you know maybe i shouldn't for for iggy's
1: probably touch him in a like, jesus only if he yeah, wants and- me to I'm going to call you Tannis the Creep. That's that's going to be our shirt, Tannis the Creep.
0: <laughs> I like Tannis Pop. Up? Tannis Pop has a nice sound to it, don't you think? Go. Don't you, you think? You know what I
1: think you should do? <laughs> I think you should go hang out with Joe Biden and sniff people's hair. <laughs>
0: yeah, if you don't like that, you go vote for somebody else. <laughs> and then a bunch of people did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. <laughs>
1: all right let's get back on track yeah yeah. Um, funhouse
0: is a hell of an actual uh i mean la blues is a different beast so i'm just gonna pretend like that's just the b side to this uh six song cycle we've been listening to but um that i like to call funhouse uh, yeah, this is the perfect closer to like the actual songs like it's just so I mean, I'm always I'm always a sucker when you can like make a title track lo- like work for the very last song because it just feels like, yeah. oh, and we're wrapping it up right where we started. You know, like I it just has a cool feeling to it and the yeah. song rips and it's yeah, it's it's perfect way to end things like not too wild and balls to the wall like. Yeah, slinking back into the shadows rather than just ripping you then there, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Am I making sense? I think so. Because if I stopped making sense, I'd be a Talking Heads
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, It is interesting to me that, you know, an album that essentially has six tracks on it, was able to be spread out into a box set that had like 40 hours worth of music on it.
0: <laughs> well, that's the magic of the way this album was re- recorded. Like they just did all full live takes. So yeah, like it's, it's really cool that the entire recording process is chronicled in that box set. I really can't think of too many other things that uh you could do that with without it having to be just a shit ton of tracks or or even preserved in any way that sounded good. I mean, now with digital shit, I'm sure it's totally different, but people aren't recording shit live most of the time if they're recording digitally. So Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And it just... You can feel it on this album. It sounds goddamn live. Like, I... Uh, Don Gallucci killed it. Like, making this thing sound good. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. No, how the sound of it is... And... It's one of
1: those rare things too, where it has just gotten you know, it just sounded better with the, uh, um, the newer versions coming out.
0: Yeah, and and they don't have to change too much. They're not switching around too many levels or anything. It's not like um, it's not like they did with Kill City, where they basically had to take a a a really uh, good sounding turd and make it sound good. Because I don't know if you've heard the original Kill City compared to the remaster, no. but holy shit, it's like two different albums.
1: Well, and- it's got to be kind of like it, well the i i uh i had never listened to the uh, bowie bowie version of uh raw power cuz the only version that i had listened to was the remastered iggy version right that's like you know totally blown out and whatever the original i i had always you know thought that the people were assholes for saying that the original david version is shit but i li- i mean i downloaded that i listened to it it was fucking awful
0: yeah it, it just doesn't it work it
1: gives it doesn't i mean it uh songs like uh give me danger sounds so weak with the with the bowie mix yeah um so yeah anyway yeah i did this one i it, it never sounded weak to me um it the and the only thing that's that's changed is it got louder
0: yeah right yeah yeah there you go yeah it's just like it's yeah. just like somebody that's just like oh shit all we have to do with this one is like put the bass boost on where's the bass boost option
1: <laughs> well and and as you know time goes on with newer technology you're able to remaster things you're you're able to get loud, uh levels louder without um hitting you know the same kind of peaks that you were uh uh restricted to back in the days of tape so that's the reason why that these reissues keep coming out um yeah. you know and, and albums that sounded fine but were just quiet on other formats
0: yeah you know are able to be boosted you, i mean just us talking about this right now like between the stooges debut album and funhouse like i couldn't make a better case for why like production is so goddamn integral to the way a band sounds <laughs> because yeah like I mean, I like the songs on the Stooges debut album, but it just sounds so fucking dry and so fucking boringly fuzzy at points that you're just like, I, I yeah, I. something about Don Gallucci just, I don't know, he was, he was one of the men that helped write Louie Louie, you know, so there's something that guy gets about raw, primitive rock and roll because, I mean... Kind of up until the Stooges, that was kind of as wild as you got with the old school of rock and roll. You know. Yeah, I I think you said Dan Galucci again. I say Dan, Dan Don. What? There's a one letter difference on that one. I'm not even going to Dan, Dan, Dan Don. Dan Don. Dan Don. And they're both from the Northwest. You know, it's there's too many connections. Wow. Too many connections. Were the King Kingsmen from Seattle? uh Portland. Oh.
1: You know who else was from Seattle?
0: Uh, a little band called Nirvana. Have you ever heard no, of them? No,
1: a little band called the New York Dolls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
1: shit. Uh, yeah, they were like, we're just being ironic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're really from Seattle. Our dads work for Boeing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. anyway. Anyways, anymore, uh, Oh, what? Are we going to go on about the uh, masterpiece of this album? Um, yep. Let's make the audience listen to a little bit of... Hey, wait a minute. Why do I always remember uh, LA Blues being like 13 minutes long? Is Did they shorten it for the reissues or some shit?
1: I don't think so. No, I... I think that you remember it being 13 minutes long because it feels like it's 13 minutes long.
0: It's only five minutes. Yeah. What? No. Yeah. I am tripping. Hold on a sec. No, we're going to get to the bottom of this now. LA, Blues Stooges. Huh. wow yeah it just feels that long all right folks yeah. you want to you want a little taste of uh why this confusion may have been imagine a uh, five solid minutes of this L.A. Blues, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's funny because I was like, "Ooh, I picked the perfect part to play," and I, th- I was like, "Wait, I could have picked any part in this song, and it would have sounded like that."
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's just a freak out. I mean, sometimes it's cool to listen to, but it's not like I, that would be the thing that if someone was like, "Hey, I I need a start and jump-off point for the Stooges. What do you suggest?" I, I I definitely wouldn't be like you. The one song you need to download is "Lily Blues." I'll tell you what.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I you know that's it's it's kind of says something, and uh, I don't know. This song is important to mention because despite it just being a noise freak out for five minutes, it the other song, the other six songs on this album are so goddamn good that that being on there doesn't take away for how great this album is. <laughs>
1: yeah and you know honestly uh the uh, the other songs on the album were kind of you know just five minute or seven minute freak out but they were like reeled in and controlled a little bit uh not quite like this though this is a little just it's it's noise rock you know it's it's not quite space rock, but it's it's uh it's 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 out there. It's on the edges of the avant-garde.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say this is really influential, like to a lot of like the, the like the OG bone rockers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about the LA Blues? Um, I sure don't. But except for uh, after hearing this album and getting familiar with it back in the day, and then uh, listening to the Icarus Line's Penance Soiree, I remember just totally thinking, oh yeah, Buddyhead wasn't fucking kidding about them listening to this all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The influence they is were heavy.
0: And I, heavy it's, heavy. it's a great album for it. But we're not going to talk yeah. about that album yet. We just talked about the Icarus Line a few episodes back. Uh, so, I think John is right now would like to tell you the next classic album we are going to talk about. So, John, you want to let the we audience know? We are
1: going to talk. We are going to talk about the classic 1971 album, Tower of the Dead by <laughs> They Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead.
0: Uh, every album's from 1971 now, huh?
1: Yes. I like this new rule.
0: 1971. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's 2010's How of the Dead from the band and you will know us or sorry, should I say it properly? Dot, dot, dot. And you will know us by the trail of the dead. Or as we like to call them for short that we learned, uh, you know, or kind of ripped off from the old buddy head site trail of dads.
1: Yes. (laughs) I can't wait to listen to the song TV guy by, and you will know us by the trail of dead.
0: (laughs) So yeah, seriously, check out Tao of the dead. Don't be scared of it. Even though it has a really ridiculous, um, a steampunk cover that's semi cringy and uh the first song has the word cosplay in it don't be afraid yeah. of this album listen to it it's 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 fantastic
1: yes they they are nerdy but you know it's good
0: yes. well shit john um i think that's the episode I think that's
1: the episode. The first episode of 2020. Fuck yeah, motherfuckers.
0: First episode in the second month. We are on fire. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Check out next week's episode. We'll talk to you soon. So from me, from John, I bid you all a goodbye. Goodbye.